so this morning, as you can tell, things are set up a little bit differently than they normally are. Uh, we normally have the pulpit. Normally, it comes a time of preaching and teaching of God's Word. And so this morning, I'm excited to be kicking off a new series. Really, I haven't named this series. I think this morning I might have kind of come up with something. It's not, uh, it's not the craziest sermon title I've ever come up with. But basically, we're going to be having conversations about the book of James. We're going to be having conversation about the book of James. And I believe that James is one of the most practical books of the New Testament. It has been really called the Proverbs of the New Testament. And so earlier this spring, there were a few folks and we gathered at my house and for five or six weeks, we went through the book of James. And each week we would... Um, study one chapter. We would read a chapter and then we would participate and dig deeper by doing what's called a here journal. H-E-A-R. Here. H-E-A-R. Here. And each of those stands for something different. The H is highlight that as we read through God's word, there was going to be one verse that jumped out at us. So we were going to kind of make a mental note of that. Then the E is explain. The A is to apply it. What is the application from this verse that I just read? And then the R is a response. What is a response to this prayer? Typically for me, my response is a prayer. And sometimes it's the simplest prayers. You wouldn't know that. By the way, I pray sometimes as we gather. I get a little long-winded, but sometimes when I'm studying, it's very just a short verse. And so this morning, why do we have this set up like this? Well, we were in a small group. And as you've heard me say time and time again, circles are better than rows. Circles are better than rows. Why? Because when we get together in a smaller environment, when we get together one-on-one, when we get together with three or four people, and we study God's Word there's some amazing things that happen. Amen. We find community and we find, uh, we dig, go deeper in our relationships with Christ, but we also go deeper in our relationships with one with each other. And the beautiful thing is as we go deeper in our relationships and as people invite you into their life and as you hear about their life story, you, you hear some of the pain points, you hear some of the pressure points that they've had in their life. It helps you to see them differently. It helps you to be more gracious. It helps you to be more loving. And so this morning, I'm going to invite uh, over the... Well, actually, let me give you a little bit of background on what we're going to do. So over the course of the next five weeks, we will be having conversations about James. And each week, we'll be looking at a different chapter. And the way this worked out is it's very beautiful. Thank you to Jimmy and for Bill, uh, our deacon board. I presented this idea to them, and I said, this is, this is what the Lord's kind of laid on my heart. And so what we're going to do is over the course of the next five weeks, we're going to take one chapter a week. There were, guess what? There are five chapters in the book of James, and there were five other participants outside of myself that were in this study. And so each week I'm going to invite one of them to come up, and we're going to talk about one of their journal entries. We're going to talk about what they learned as we studied James. So at this time, I'm going to invite Miss Cindy. She's going to be our first person to come up for this study. Oh, I know what I wanted to tell you. So as Miss Cindy's getting her microphone on, this is Miss Cindy Fagan. For those of you who don't know her, she is um, our um, worship leader, and she helps pick out our songs. Her and Miss Betsy um, 
just prepare each week for us to worship. So one of the things I want to say is, why are we doing this series? And why is this set up like this? And why is the pulpit not here? You've probably never seen anything quite like this. Well, here's the thing I want to remind you. That Jesus taught in multiple ways. He told stories. He gathered people in different groups. He preached as we typically have preached each and every Sunday. And so the thing is, I also believe in my heart that it's not all about me. It's not all about the interim pastor, that God can speak through those who are seeking him. And so one of the things that as Cindy and I have a conversation with each other, we're also kind of having a conversation with you this morning as well. And so the reason we're doing this series is because I want you to see that other people are taking next steps. Other people, as they are um, seeking the Lord, they are seeing and learning and growing. They're taking next steps. And I want them to be able to share those next steps with you. I want you to be able to learn from other people because I believe, especially as your interim pastor, as I'm learning and growing myself, that we need to give each other an opportunity to share what God has done in our life, what God is doing in our life, and what we're being shown in his word. And so this is an opportunity. As as Cindy and I have a conversation, it's also an opportunity just for you to hear from someone else. That each Sunday is not always about me, but God can use other people. Amen? And so, Miss Cindy, I want to start this morning... And I want to ask you, um, as we did this um, here journal entry, what was the one verse in chapter 1 that stood out to you? Uh, Verse 14 and 15. And you want me to read those? Yes, ma'am. But each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desire. Then when lust has conceived, it brings forth sin. And when sin has finished, it brings forth death. Miss Cindy, will you tell us, so basically that's the H, that's the highlight. As she read chapter 1 during that week, that was two verses that really kind of stood out to her. And one of the things that I encourage them, and, and I do myself, is that I not only read the Word, but I interact with the Word. And so a lot of times what I will do is I will either underline or I will circle words or phrases that jump out to me. Why was that verse important? And so, Miss Cindy, were there uh, any particular words that stood out to you in those verses? Several. I put tempted, lured, enticed, own desires. And I don't know if you noticed, but it seems like kind of Miss Cindy and I do myself. A lot of times, there are those verbs. <laughs> right? What did, what did um, I guess Miss Terry came up with that. She put on the sign, what? Worship is a verb. Mm-hmm. Right? Our faith, Christianity, is a verb. The book of James is all about practically living out our faith. You know, we have a saving faith, but we also have a faith that, as James tells us, that we shouldn't just be hearers of the word, but we should be doers. All right, so Miss Cindy, one of the other next steps that we would do is we would explain the verse, what what we feel like God is saying to us during that time. Will you um, share with us your explanation? Actually, mine were all questions. Am I aware when I'm being distracted from putting God or putting Jesus first in my life daily? What am I doing about it? Have I made a plan? Am I making the right choice daily? Why am I not putting him first? Wow. You know, I think that's the thing we have to do is we have to ask ourselves some hard questions. Right? And as we sit down, as we just take a few moments to spend in his word, we have to take a hard look at ourselves. Cindy, will you share your um, application? 
Okay, I put stay off computer when getting up. That's a big problem because I end up playing the games. And, you know, I can spend all day sitting there playing the games. And it just, it really, you know, has aggravated me a lot. A lot. The other thing was the, the, my size, I guess, or my weight. I'm plump or like pleasingly healthy. <laughs> and this is something, I mean, I've always been a big person, but of course, after you have kids, you know, sometimes you kind of expand a little bit. And this is something the Lord's really been working with me. And it's kind of tough, you know, because you, you don't want to tell other people. I mean, they can obviously see but you don't want to say a whole bunch. And the same with being on the computer. You don't want to, you know, let yourself hang out. But you know what? I'm kind of hanging out here. (laughs) And so now everybody knows what I'm dealing with. So if you see me doing something wrong, you can raise your hand or something else or point. You don't have to say any more than that because the Lord will be convicting me too. Amen. Well, thank you for sharing that. And, And Cindy, thank you for being brave enough to share that, especially as we have that conversation, but as we have that conversation with our church this morning, um, I think that also is a reminder that you never know what anyone else is struggling with, right? You never know the things that anyone else um, is battling. And so thank you for sharing that. Cause that was one of my questions is what, what are some reasons that have kept you from putting them first? Yeah. Well, those, those are mainly it. And I think, I think, cause I was saved when I was 13 and then I traveled off on my own. I would go by a church and I would duck. Now like, you know, I mean, God could see me duck, but it was like the church couldn't see me. But I, I was the Lord's and he just chased after me so that, you know, I, I came back and, and over since I have been coming here, it's been a growth. Certain people that have been here that have helped me, I can say Jan DeBose, and there's several others um, that have helped me along my journey and have inspired me. And I can see the older I get, the closer the closer I feel. But lately, you know, I've had kind of a dry spell. And so it was recently that, you know, the Lord just brought me back again. And, you know, I just praise him. And I cry a lot too. <laughs> That's okay. That's all right. So, Miss Cindy, how? What was your? So we went through. Her, she highlighted the verse. She kind of explained what she was seeing. God was telling her during that. She found a way to apply it. And then, Miss Cindy, how? What was your response to those particular verses? Be accountable and truthful. Um, checking my actions daily. No excuses. You know, as, as I read through um, her notes and I saw that and she said, no excuses, that that gets us in trouble, right? I don't know about you, but we can make lots of excuses. Um, and my grandfather's Bible in the front of it on one of the opening pages, I think where you typically write your name, he says, and man never fails until he blames someone else. What a, what a great reminder. Miss Cindy, I want to ask you, um, thank you for sharing your journal entry. Um, one of the things that I do sometimes as I preach and teach is I try to kind of boil down what we're talking about that Sunday into what we call a sticky statement or to a statement that you might hear multiple times. And one of the ones that I think back that stuck with me is during Christmas that we said that hope came down at Christmas time and his name was Jesus. Right? Just those things that we can remember, the things that 
just we need to put on rinse and repeat to remind us. And so, Miss Cindy, is there a is there a statement that you would say sums up these verses? Yeah, I love this one sticky statement. I've never heard that before. Our temptations lure us to lust, which leads to sin, which leads to death. What a um, challenge in one sentence. Amen. That our temptation lures us and it lures us to lust, which leads us to into sin, which then leads to death. What a great, in that one statement is kind of the fall of man, right? And so without Jesus, you are, you're lost. You're without hope, but thank God that he's there. Thank God for his Holy Spirit who uh, quickens us and reminds us of things. Miss Cindy, I want to ask you, um, are there some things that you learned about James during this study? Yes. Um, I'm more aware of the traps of temptation as I, I get older. You know, things that we don't think about, like sitting and watching TV. Um, sitting for a few hours is fine, but if I'm sitting eight hours, I mean, now once in a while. Are you binging on Netflix? <laughs> no, but I could. <laughs> You can sit in front of the TV four or five hours and watch something, and yet I could turn around and read my Bible or pray for somebody or give somebody a call or write them a card. So I'm much more aware of what I'm doing now than I was before. Also, I get in trouble sometimes because you wouldn't think about it, but sometimes I get angry. I mean, really angry. And so I'm I'm really looking at listening more because having been a counselor in my past, I realized that most people have the answers to their problems. It's the fact of having someone to listen to them and really hear what they're saying and know that that person cares what they're saying. So my, my goal is to listen more intently to what people have to say. Be slow to speak because I'm always one of those that bounces right in. I'm afraid. Maybe you need to raise your finger for that, too. <laughs> and slow to anger, because it, none of that produces good works. Um, also, I've really uh, listening to, you know, people in Walmart all around, how they're talking about other people or gossiping or whatever. And I've really been, I, I, I read that verse about religion is worthless um, without bridling your tongue. So that really kind of stabbed me in the heart. Um, if I want to share something with somebody, sharing is one thing, but saying something negative or not building people up or trying to help them, you know, I think that, to me, that really is not good. Um, I've also asking uh, for spiritual eyes to see the needs of others because there's so many people around us that are hurting and you know, trying to see what they need and how I can help them. So speaking of asking for spiritual eyes, what what does that look like? I guess you've prayed for that specifically? Yes, help me to see those around me and and what they need. And sometimes it's just a touch. Sometimes there's people out there maybe uh, in a nursing home or somewhere else, someone that you may just bump into in Walmart and they're lonely or whatever and just touching them on the arm, letting them know, that tells them that you care about them. So, I mean, just doing that one small little thing, um, you know, certainly doesn't hurt. 
And then the last one, I'm more aware of my daily sins uh, than before the study. Um, I think this is why I get weepy, because I realized that, you know, I mean, we all all want to think that we're good, that we, you know, people like us, and that we're, we're other people are happy with us and all. But the thing is, um, I'm more of a sinner than what I thought I was. <laughs> but I'm a safe sinner. But we, we look and we don't really see our sin. We, I think we tend and I have tended to look at other people and say, well, I'm not like them. I'm not as bad as them. So I'm doing pretty good. But that's not it at all. It has nothing to do with that. Well, and I think Cindy just hit on something important. We do have a tendency. Why? We look out and we say, oh, man, she's just living a life of ill repute. You know, I'm not doing that. I'm not going to those places and I'm not doing those things. And and what we fail to realize is we're comparing ourselves to the wrong standard. We're comparing ourselves to each other. And that's who God never called us to compare ourselves to. Comparison is a trap. Comparison is a trap. And so if we do compare ourselves, that has a tendency that we do not see our own sins, that we puff ourselves up and we're like, oh, I'm not as bad as she is and I don't do what he does and, oh, let me tell you about her. No, we have to look to the Lord and his perfect standard. And, you know, it says in Scripture that we're, you know, our great deeds, the things that we think that we do so well, they're but filthy rags to the Lord. You know, there there is no good in us. Outside of the Father, outside of His Spirit. Ms. Cindy, um, as we gear up for the fall and we gear up for opportunities for people to plug into um, small groups, uh, speaking of small groups, this coming August, um, you'll hear more information about this in the coming weeks, but we'll be offering um, a small group on Sunday morning. So we will still have our men's and women's um, Sunday school class, but I will be offering a small group. Um, on Sunday mornings for people to take a next step to find community. We'll also be having uh, probably two groups on Wednesday night along with our weekly prayer meeting. So there are opportunities to step into and find a, um, be a part of a small group. What would you tell the folks this morning that you learned by being a part of a small group? I have never been in a small group. That was the first time. And so I knew Bill. And I knew, um, she's not here today, Mary. I knew Mary, but I did not know Tammy and Jay. So this gave me an opportunity to really connect with them. And even Bill, even though I've known him a long time, I found out he's kind of gabby and he's funny too. So, I mean, it gives you a chance, even people you know, you know. And Mary, Mary I've known for a long time from Sunday school class, but still... You know, I, I enjoyed being with her, and you, you do. You learn about more people. And the thing is, I know there's some people that don't like small groups, but I would say, you know, give it a try. Don't get any assumptions about what it is or it isn't. Just go and try it. If you don't like it, then at least you you tried rather than, you know, not ever trying it. Because if you never try, you never know. And sometimes when you do things that are maybe out of your comfort zone, like being up here, by the way, <laughs> you um, you learn a lot. All right, Miss Cindy. Well, thank you so much for sharing what you learned, and thank you for pushing past that fear um, to come and be a part of this. So, thank you for doing that. As Miss Cindy is um, returning to her seat, no, going oh, she's going this way. 
All right. So one of the things I want to just mention that she talked about, about small groups and stepping into a small group, is that the way we try to do it here at Bible Fellowship is it's intentionally for a short time. Amen? And so it's not like we're asking you to be a part of something for the rest of your life. And so the great thing is when we start our small groups back again in the um, fall, we'll be done by the time Christmas gets here. And that gives our leaders who are leading the small groups a break, but it also gives people the opportunity to step back into our prayer group and find community there. Um, And it gives people a way to find different things. There are going to be different topics that we talk about. Because we've got to take communion this morning, I would go through, I'll just read my two verses really quick. I won't be able to unpack them just because, um, for time's sake. But my two verses that I kind of keyed in on in James chapter 1 was verse 26 and verse 27, which says this, If anyone thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue but deceives his heart, this person's religious is worthless. Religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this, to visit the orphans and the widows and their affliction and to keep oneself unstained from the world. There's so much there that we could unpack. I will tell you that sometimes as I read and study scripture, as um, I read and study these verses, I take my Bible app which is a great resource that's free. And let's say there's one verse I just do not fully understand completely. I will pull it up in my Bible app, and you're able to quickly and easily compare it to other translations. And sometimes it really helps me. And if you are interested in seeing what that looks like, I'll be glad to show you one day after church or on a Wednesday evening, or maybe a group of us can go to lunch. But there's so many tools and resources out there to help you grow in your faith. And so one of the things was on this verse, I really kind of, when I saw the word religious, I really had to dig a little bit deeper with that. And I will tell you um, that there are times when you're studying the word that the spirit is going to say, well, what about this? And I encourage you to write it down. I encourage you to dig deeper. I encourage you to read more. I encourage you to pray because guess what? As you read God's word, you're not going to fully understand everything about every word in every verse. Amen. There are some things that you might not understand this side of glory, but there are ways that you can continue to dig deeper. And so one of the things that I did is in James 20 uh, verse one, verse, sorry, chapter one, verse 26, I looked it up and I read it in the new living translation. And so to remind you what it said in the ESV, it said, if anyone thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue, but deceives his heart, This person's religious is worthless. Listen how the New Living Translation translates that. It says, if you claim to be religious, but don't control your tongue, you're fooling yourself and your religion is worthless. And so this morning as we talk about religious, and basically I will tell you that as I studied this particular verse, and as James mentions the word religious, These words only appear five times. You go back to the original language. It only appears five times in the New Testament. And so basically what he's talking about is he's talking about worship. He's talking about living out our faith. He's talking about being active in our faith. He's talking about, you know, talking the talk, but also walking 
what you're talking. Amen. It's not just about just being, being able to talk about it, but it's actually living it out and it's being practical. And so as we come to the table this morning and we're going to sing the table here in just a few moments, I pray as we sing this song and prepare to take communion, search your heart, allow the Lord to search your heart. Use this as a time as we sing this song before we take communion to allow the Lord to search your heart and to say, okay, God, am I just talking it or am I really walking what I'm learning? Do I talk a good game or am I really living out your verse? Am I doing as James tells us to, to go into, to be a blessing, to serve and to love the widows and the orphans? encourage you as we go through the series next week we'll be in James chapter 2 and I just encourage you to maybe read James chapter 2 as this week comes up next week we'll have brother Bill he'll be with us so we'll see if he's Gabby or not or whether he's just whether he just is you know cut to the chase and um, but I think you'll see a little bit about Bill next week and I look forward to the insights of what he saw as we study James chapter 2 but I would encourage you now at this time, if you'll take your, um, if you take your purple books and if you turn over to page 14, if I'm not mistaken, right ladies, if you'll turn over to page 14, as we sing this song, let's, let's just stay seated today. Let's stay seated. And, uh, as you sing this song, allow the Lord to search your heart. Use this as a time of praying to pray to him, um, to confess sins. To help him, you know, you might want to pray, Lord, help me to see the sin that, that I'm not seeing. Help me to see the things that I need to confess. Because as we come to the table to partake in communion, we really want to come in a worthy manner. Amen. We don't want to take communion unworthily. So I just encourage you this morning, listen to the song. Use this as a time of prayer. Pray attention to the words of the song because the table is set for you. And all are welcome at his table.